Hello, and welcome to the Mod Sports Podcast. I'm Cole Levine, and I'm on the phone with my good friend, Venetia Mitty. Cole, what up, what up? What up, what up? Do you actually want to know what up, what up, Vinay? I wanted to share an awesome sports app for fans. Vinay, Justin, and I started using called Daily Bracket. Daily Bracket is the only sports pick-em app giving away $1,000 plus in cash prizes and rewards every day. There's never an entry fee, so there's no risk to play. Basically how it works is there's five outcomes to pick for each day. For example, you pick the winner of tonight, tonight's Heat-Raptors game. Go three for five on a day to start a streak or continue a streak. Go five for five, and it counts as two days on your streak. Continue winning every day and have the chance to win more money as the streak continues with the chance to win $1 million. We encourage all of our listeners to download Daily Bracket and play today. There's a mod sports group on Daily Bracket where all of our listeners can compete against one another and compete against the host of the show, Vinay, Justin, and I. Press the menu button on the top right corner of the app, click on the groups page, then join a group. Search mod.sports and the password is mod in all caps. The top performer each week will receive a weekly prize, so go to your app store and download Daily Bracket today. Just go check it out. It's just fun to play. It's free. You're basically, you pick five games with the chance to win a million dollars. I mean, it's a very low-risk, high-reward game, I'd say. Uh, Vinay, the Sir. NFL the NFL draft just happened. Yes, it did. Were, did you enjoy watching it this weekend? It was really fun. It was a lot of fun. There's a lot of interesting storyline throughout the weekend. Uh, definitely one of the most interesting drafts in a while. Yeah, uh, I can. I definitely agree with you. Um, I enjoy watching it every year. Uh, I really had a blast. But uh, instead of doing grades and stuff like a lot of people do, we're going to do some winners and losers. Sounds good. So you know, let's do some winners first. Does that sound good? Yep. Okay, I want you to go first. Who's your first winner? First winner is the running back of my favorite football team, the new running back of my favorite football team. That is Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I don't think there's a better spot for him to go to in the league. I think it's the best offensive line of football. Um, just playing with Romo and Dez and Witten, you learn from the great vets of the league. I think he's one of those guys that wants to play on the big stage, and if you're playing in Dallas, uh, you're basically on Sunday Night Football seemingly every week. Would you say so? Yeah. I mean, what y'all are probably on uh, primetime football five or six times this year. Yeah. And just like he's just he's just made for the bright lights. And I think going playing with the star in his helmet is just a good fit for him. I think. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, you could tell by the way he was dressed. He's the type of guy that needs to have the star on his head. Just just a flashy guy likes having the cameras in front of him. Likes being the star. And I, there's not a better place for him to be a star than in Dallas. Right, and he's going to come in with a lot of hype. There's going to be a lot of pressure in, uh, on him coming into the year. A lot of people are already talking about the triplets with uh, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin, and Emmett Smith in the 90s, which obviously brought Dallas three Super Bowls. They're comparing it to Tony Romo, Dez, and Ezekiel Elliott, which those three have a long way to go before they get to the 90s triplets level to win. They need to win championships, of course, and I think Ezekiel Elliott's ready for that. Uh, I think he's a big winner out of this weekend. I think a lot of people, even if you didn't know who he was, you definitely know who he, who he was after this weekend, just with the whole fashion statement and all that. Yeah. I mean, you said you you couldn't have said any better. There wasn't a better place for him to be in this league than Dallas. Nope. Uh, and a lot of people, there are some people that had scrutiny with the Cowboys pick just because obviously D and secondary help were bigger needs. But 
it's just having that run game and being able to stay on the field for a long period, having the offense for a long period of time is going to help the defense a lot also. Right, and a lot of people have mentioned, uh, especially in the past few days, about how uh, Darren McFadden rushed for 1,000 yards and you can really plug anyone in there. But, I mean, someone made a really interesting point. I think it was Michael Irvin uh, who said that to maximize your offensive line, you want to have the best possible running back uh, carrying the ball. And for the Cowboys, they really they highly valued uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. They thought he was the best player in the entire draft. They picked him for ahead of Jalen Ramsey because of that. They didn't pick him for need or anything. They picked Ezekiel Elliott ahead of Jalen Ramsey because they thought he was a better football player. And ultimately, having if they think he's going to be one of the best running backs in football behind that offensive line, uh, there'll be there will be some damage done on defenses this year from the Cowboys. Yeah, and I mean it's not even. It's, uh, Darren McFadden, sure, he ran for a thousand yards, but he had three touchdowns this year. I mean, so, they didn't they didn't finish at the goal line. He didn't break away for that many huge runs that ended up in the end zone. I mean, yeah, you can say a thousand yards and that credit to the offensive line for that. But when you put a guy who can become an elite running back behind there, it just makes it that much better. Right, and uh, I, as much as I hate to say this, Romo's probably gonna miss a few games between now and the next whatever whenever he retires and. Uh, just Darren McFadden being the main source of your offense last year when Matt Castle was the quarterback was not, especially with Dez out, uh, just wasn't going to fly. And that's the reason why they went 1-11 without Romo. It's absolutely ridiculous. I don't care who your quarterback is. That's an atrocity. So if Romo goes down for some whatever reason, uh, you have Ezekiel Elliott, who who the stars, the, sorry, the Cowboys value as a star in this league, uh, to take him that high. He can carry the ball for you and win some games for you. Uh, by himself. He can also catch out of the backfield. He's one of the most complete running backs in quite a while. Yeah, probably maybe the best running back prospect since Adrian Peterson came out. Right, and I mean, the Cowboys are looking to win now, uh, especially with Jerry Jones and all that. So they made the pick that was a win-now move, and I thought they made the right pick. And I think Ezekiel Elliott is very happy with the pick as well. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's uh, if. You're not taking a since one of the top two quarterbacks weren't available. Then I think the mentality has to be we're trying to win a Super Bowl now. Just makes too much sense. So let's take the best player that can help us do that right now for the next three to four years. And then Ezekiel, right. I mean, it's not like they're getting a guy that's only going to help them for four years and then it's going to be done. You're talking about a guy who has the opportunity, who has the potential to be there for 10, 12 years, however long his body holds up as a running back. Exactly. It's all dependent on health, I think, for me because I think if he's healthy, he's going to be a star in this league for a while. Yeah, I think he'll be a star also. And just the only issue that I – I think it's a fair issue to have with um, with the pick is just running back longevity in the league. I mean, obviously, it's running backs don't last that long, which is why I guess the value of the pick wasn't where it would be if you had taken, say, Jalen Ramsey. But it's still a, it's a great pick. And I might not have given the Cowboys an A draft grade based on him being the top pick and whatever what else they did, but it's just he he Ezekiel Elliott puts him in the in like a B to B plus range. Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people rip the pick, and uh, I mean they have. I mean, we'll see what happens. I think he's going to be he's going to help out the defense potentially more than Jalen Ramsey could have, and I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be a star in this league in a few years. But he might not necessarily be completely ready right now. And Ezekiel Elliott is a win-now move uh, for a win-now organization. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think Jalen Ramsey's going to be – he might not even be that great this year. And that's just another year 
lost with the in the Tony Romo window, and there's not a there's not a replacement there's not a replacement quarterback that you can. I mean, maybe Dak Prescott can become that, but it's not. He's not a sure thing to where we can say he's gonna the window is gonna be extended because you have a quarterback there for the long term after Romo. Right. You have your- to you have to you have to play for this window now because it's really hard to come by championships in this league. Yeah, I completely agree. Who is your first winner? My first winner is the Washington Redskins, the one of the Dallas Cowboys rivals. Yeah. Uh, if we're just looking at strictly grades in this draft, I think they're one of the few teams that get an A. Uh, first round, have the 21st pick, traded it back one spot to the Houston Texans, got uh, picked up a six-round pick out of that and got the better receiver out of the Redskins and Texans. They got Josh Doxson, who I think is the best receiver in the draft. Um. I think it's a good. I think it's a really good fit. I think he's going to help him this year. I also think it's going to help him in the future. I don't. We don't know how long Pierre Garçon and uh, Deshaun Jackson are going to be there. He's a perfect fit with Deshaun Jackson, also, which helps. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought Josh Doxson. Uh, when I watched film of all the receivers in this draft, I thought he was the best receiver. Uh, I thought, uh, especially last year at TCU, I thought when Boykin uh, was in trouble, uh, the offensive line wasn't great. Obviously, uh, whenever Boykin was just scrambling, it feels, it feels like you just throw it up to Josh Doxson. And Docs would go up and make a play. And uh, they won a lot of games that they shouldn't have won uh, single-handedly because of those two, uh, Trayvon Boykin and Josh Dodson. Yeah. I just think you need, a, you need a jump ball receiver in this league. Uh, the Redskins didn't have one before. Uh, as as Deshaun Jackson is, he's kind of a just a speed guy, a breakaway vertical threat. Uh, right now, I think Josh Dodson is just a guy that you could throw a fade to the goal line, which is valuable because a lot of teams have shown an inability not to be able to score in, inside the five. Uh, which is an issue. Um, yeah. yeah, I think Kirk Cousins, it's going to be big for Kirk Cousins the most, uh, having two big guys really to throw to Jordan Reed and Josh Doxson. Yeah, I mean, their passing game, I think, is going to be really good next year, and it helps. I mean, you just signed Kirk Cousins, so, I mean, it makes sense. Did right. they, why don't I have a bad memory? You know that, Vinay. Did they, they sign Kirk Cousins long-term, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a franchise tag, actually, sorry. Oh, it was a franchise tag, okay. But, I mean, uh, nonetheless, it still helps out Kirk Cousins. Um, just, yeah, like he's, just, he's more than just being able to throw up the ball to. He's a, he's a very solid route runner, very reliable hands. That's what makes him so good also. Right. And I mean, they're not just a winner based on that pick. They're also a winner through, they had, they had a lot of issues they needed to clean up defensively and they did a really good job just getting their needs throughout the entire draft. They went with needs. They got linemen. They got secondary help. They got Sue Cravens, who I thought was a great pick in the second round, has the ability to play safety or linebacker, kind of similar to Shaq Thompson in Carolina. Right. And then they picked Kendall Fuller in the third round, who I think is I mean, a really, really good pick in the, as, as a third-round corner. Yeah. I wasn't completely sold on the Redskins last year. I thought a lot of it was fluky. Uh, I don't think I, I believe they didn't win a, one game against a team that was above 500. They didn't. Uh, they won in a very weak division. Uh, I just wasn't a big believer in them last year. Uh, I think this year they have. I think they're a little bit better this year. Uh, they're going to face that tough schedule though, just being a division winner and what comes with that in the NFL schedule. Yeah. But um, no, I definitely think they've improved, and it'll be interesting to see. How they how they encore with from last year because the Giants, Eagles, and Cowboys were all better. Uh, they're seemingly healthy at least going into this year, so that'll be an interesting division race. Yeah, I think that's going to be a much improved division. Yeah. Uh, who's your second winner? I love the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, 
Miles Jack, getting Miles Jack in the second round was absolutely ridiculous to me. I can't believe no one took him in the first round, especially late. Uh, I feel like if New England was there, that had their first round pick, they would have taken a, that be a New England, New England type of pick to pick him, or even Jalen Smith, which they were rumored to pick. And then they got Jalen Ramsey, who's potentially the best player in this entire draft at number five. Uh, I think he's going to be a star. I don't think he's going to be uh, incredible immediately, of course. I think he's going to be a guy that takes time. Uh, just dealing with uh, NFL receivers on a week-to-week basis because he never had to deal with that. He never had to uh, deal with that at, uh, in the ACC with Florida State. So I think the Jaguars did a really good job here. And I, I tweeted it out after picking them to win the AFC South next year. Yeah, uh, I disagree with you on that. I still think they have a few holes. I don't think their defense is going to be 100 percent ready next year. But yeah, I mean they got they got the guy that was arguably the number one prospect in the draft that fell to them at number five, which is exactly what they wanted. And then they got the guy in round two who a lot of people expected them to take in round one if Jalen Ramsey was off the board. Right. So they got two of the best players in the draft. Obviously the knee with Miles Jack is an issue, especially with some teams. Um, I don't know how much it concerns them. Obviously they're willing to take him in round two. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know to, to I don't know if they're worried about their knee, the knee at all. Hopefully they're not. Hopefully he stays healthy because if he stays healthy for for a long time, then I mean he's gonna be one of the best linebackers in football. Right. No. I mean they said that their doctors didn't have issues with uh, his knee, which uh, if your doctors give you an okay on that, then you definitely take the guy. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that they never traded up in the first round to get him because I thought teams somewhere team, some team was gonna take him late first round. So I thought it was interesting that Jaguars never traded up to there. They obviously traded up in the second round to take him. I believe like three picks ahead of where they were originally, but I mean, if they get, I mean, if everyone stays healthy and Ramsey and Miles Jack uh, live up to their potential, they potentially got the two best players in this entire draft, which yeah. is incredible. And yeah, you, I mean, uh, not even the Jaguars trading up into the first round, just a team that needs an inside linebacker or an outside. I mean, if you're on a four three and outside linebacker, he can play that. He can play inside linebacker in three four. I'm surprised right. just a team with that need didn't go after him. Right. Yeah. Um, my next, uh, any else? Is there, was there anything else you wanted to add there? No, I mean I really like what they did this off season. They added Leak Jackson as well. Uh, I think their defense is going to be vastly improved. I think Blake Bortles, Allen Robinson. I really like Chris Ivory, who they signed this off season as well. Uh, I think he's an underrated guy where most of his value doesn't really show up in the stats in terms of yards and all that. I think he really wears on teams, and I think it's important for four minute offense in the NFL to win games to wear down a defense and just run away, run run down the clock and I think they're going to do a really they're going to have a really good year next year and that's why I think they're going to win the division I'm just not sold on the Colts I think the Texans are interesting but again the schedule thing kind of bugs me how they won the division last year and I, I still think there's some holes in that team I don't know how Brock Osweiler is going to do coming into the season as a starter uh, personally I trust Blake Bortles more than Brock Osweiler which is ultimately why I think they're going to win the division yeah, it's interesting. I don't. I don't necessarily think I can go that far with trusting Blake Bortles more than Brock Osweiler. I mean, Brock Osweiler did win a couple big games last year, and right. obviously his bench before the playoffs. I'm not necessarily sold on Brock Osweiler. Um, yeah, I think the the Texans got the weapons for Brock Osweiler, but I mean, it's an argument that we'll have later before the season starts. Absolutely. Uh, my next winner is Ronnie Stanley. Ended up being taken number six overall to the Ravens. And, uh, I mean, he's a winner just based on the fact that he got taken a few picks before he should have. Just because the Ravens were, like they said, they were going to take Laramie Tunzel until they saw the video come out. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get on the, we'll get to the uh, video. We'll get on that later. But, um, 
yeah, uh, I think he's he has the ability. He has the potential to be really good. I don't necessarily think he's the. He's. I don't think he's the best tackle in this draft. He might not even be the second best tackle in this draft. That's my issue with the pick that the Ravens made. But obviously, he's the winner here, just going earlier than he should have probably. Yeah, no, he definitely was helped out by the whole Laramie Tunzel issue. Uh, there were some reports that the Ravens liked Stanley over Tunzel, which I disagree with. I think Laramie Tunzel uh, is just a freak athlete. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. For a big man like him to move at that size quickly as he does is incredible to me. Um, but Ronnie Stanley, I think, is, is kind of the safe pick here. Uh, it's interesting to see what the Ravens will be doing this year. Uh in terms of they're going to be a playoff contender, obviously we know what they've been the past past few years or so when they won the Super Bowl and all that with Joe Flacco. Uh, I wonder if they can get back to that level and be a contender in the AFC North and we can have the classic Ravens-Steelers matchups that we all love. Yeah, I love those matchups. Uh, very fun football games to watch. Um, yeah, uh, just the issue with Ronnie Stanley, I think, is I think there are a lot of attitude issues with him on the field more than he doesn't really have off the field issues more on the field just motivation issues going hard every play whatnot if you understand what i'm saying yes you got yeah. it yeah uh and nothing else i have to add here who's your last winner my last winner is rex ryan uh he did a really good job in this draft adding defensive pieces which seems like whenever he's the head coach of a team they always add defensive pieces to their team uh, he had Shaq lawson and then reggie ragland who i think were uh, are going to be two impactful rookies immediately, especially Reggie Raglan. Just a big hitter, which, I mean, sometimes it doesn't show up in stats, obviously, but fans go crazy about it. And honestly, like a big hit, like he has the potential to have a huge hit at any time. It kind of just changes the momentum of games at times. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rex Ryan, very happy being able to improve his defense. There are obviously needs on that defense, which I think they did a good job addressing just with the pass rush. They needed a new D end, need an inside linebacker. So they did get both those. And I think they're both good values at where they got both guys were good values where they picked they where they were picked. Yeah. I mean just adding defensive I mean they lost Mario Williams, obviously, who I mean that was an interesting saga that played out at the end of the year. Um but Dolphins Washington as well from Ohio State. Just I mean, I'm always a big fan of teams adding adding pass rushers you can never have enough pass rushers uh if you're fresh on third down you can get after the passer a lot better than you would otherwise if you're not fresh if you know what i mean so i just yeah. i like that i like that model of having a rotation of pass rushers when you can't i mean obviously having a star pass rusher every every third down is going to be helpful but i mean there's going to be times where a guy goes down or uh can't go for a play needs a blow and you need to plug in a def- defensive end uh that can get after the passer on third round and those impact games yeah, I mean, that's what made Denver so good last year, just being literally at all times, all their pass rushers were fresh. Right. And, I mean, I think that's something that a lot of teams are going to start doing now is just getting a lot more depth in the front seven. Right. I mean, Seattle did it as well when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, they did. They're very successful with that. And, uh, I mean, Buffalo obviously is a couple players away from just having that true depth just because they had to replace Mario Williams. But it's a great start. And I think Carl Lawson's a very solid prospect. I don't think he has the upside to be – Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson. What did I say? You said Carl Lawson. Who is it? Carl Lawson's going to be incredible. I think next year in two years, whenever he comes out. But yeah. Shaq Lawson, solid prospect. Don't necessarily think he has the upside of say Joey Bosa. I don't necessarily think he's going to be like a superstar in this league, but he could consistently get eight, like ten sacks a year. Right now, uh, I think obviously the upside isn't huge. He's not going to be a star defensive end or anything like that. At least uh, I don't think so. But. Uh, I think he's kind of a safe pick. 
the only question mark though that could potentially derail his career is his shoulder issue, which some teams think he needs to have shoulder surgery later down on the road, which prevented him from being getting picked higher than he already was. Um, so if that shoulder comes up, that'll be that'll be an issue for the Bills organization. But I mean, other than that, I think he's a really good pick. I obviously touched on Reggie Ragland. I just think Rex Ryan had a really good draft. Yeah. Uh, on the defensive side of football. Yeah, I'm with football. you. I'm with you on that. Um, my last winner is Robert Griffin III. Yep. The new Cleveland Browns quarterback. Uh, it was pretty apparent that the Browns weren't that big on the the quarterbacks in this year's draft due to the fact that they traded out of the first two picks, the number two pick. Yeah. Uh, whether I agree with that or not uh, is a different story, but RG3 is a winner because the only quarterback that Cleveland took is Cody Kessler in the third round, and I think you and I both agree that he's not going to be a starter this year. No, I think I honestly thought that was a little bit of a reach. Uh, they probably saw something. Just I want to see Cody Kessler as being is just kind of average, just average quarterback at best. Uh, I don't think he's going to be above average to where he can carry a football team for a playoff run potentially, which. I mean, we're talking about the Browns, of course, but I mean, every team aspires to, you obviously draft to what you want to build your team to be a playoff team. So the Browns are trying to be a playoff team eventually. So, I mean, I think Cody Kessler can be the guy that could just manage the game. Uh, he's very accurate. I think he was great at the third best, most accurate quarterback in this entire draft. Um, just a very accurate guy. Uh, he'll manage the game. He won't lose games for you, but he won't really necessarily win them for you either. Yeah, that's a great point, by the way. Um, just going back to RG3, leaving Washington, going to Cleveland, which, I mean, I thought Denver was the place for him to go. Obviously, that didn't come to, into fruition. But he's going to be giving the starting job this year. And I don't know. I mean, Cody Kessler could be a guy that makes it like a, a competitive camp in a, maybe next year or so. But yeah, yeah, I think it's his job to lose, really. Yeah, I think, on, like, just quickly, I don't understand why Denver. Uh, one after Mark Sanchez. I don't know what they've seen from Mark Sanchez the last few years to where he, they think he could be a quarterback for a team that's trying to defend their Super Bowl, Super Bowl ring. Uh, I completely disagreed with that. I don't think Paxton Lynch is ready to start an NFL team this year. So going into camp with those two as your quarterbacks, unless they do something else, which I mean, I think John always said that they, they aren't going to do anything else at the quarterback position. I think it's kind of mind-boggling to me. Uh, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, I've touched on it a couple times already on the podcast that Gary Kubiak a disciple of Mike Shanahan, and I mean, RG3 was very, very successful under Mike Shanahan, especially in his rookie year. It just yeah. seemed like a, like a perfect fit for the offense, which I didn't get, and you're right. I, I I think we still, I think we like to still believe that RG3 still has the upside to be something in the NFL, and I just don't think he went to the right offense for that. Yeah, I think something, I think something happened character-wise uh, that ultimately led them away from RG3, which, I mean, I disagree with. I think if you're going to talk about character issues with RG3, uh, I mean, look what the dude did. He he did everything he was asked to last year. Uh, he was a great teammate to Kirk Cousins. Um, I mean, just really necessarily last year, I don't think it was a bad character year. I, I don't understand where all the character issues come from uh, in terms of him. I just think he's a much better, maybe not much better, but I think he's a better quarterback prospect than RG than uh, Mark Sanchez. I think Gary Kubiak is a very inventive offensive mind. To where bringing in RG three to Denver would really could really help their offense, give it a new dynamic, which you were not you're not going to see from Mark Sanchez or Paxton Lynch this year. Yeah, and I mean, I I, see, I get the character concerns just because like there are all these rumors that he was kind of on his an island on his own in the Redskins locker room, but we have to remember that 
the red. I mean, it's, the Redskins don't have a very welcoming locker room. I think that's fair to say. No, I mean it's it's been kind of misery the last few decades, really, since the days of the Hogs and they, when they won their Super Bowl. Uh, ever since then, I feel like they've had a lot of issues. Yeah, and I think what could have helped them was going to a successful organization with a good locker room, and that would be the Denver Broncos, not the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean that's all I have. He's just a winner because he's probably going to be start. He's probably going to be the for sure starter next year. Yeah, I mean I think he still has to win that job, obviously. But the Browns have a lot of quarterbacks in their rosters. I think they have five right now: Josh McCown, uh, RG three, Austin Davis, Connor Shaw, and Cody Custer. So yeah, they have five quarterbacks, and they said that all of them are going to be competing for a job. Uh, theoretically, you'd like just three quarterbacks in your roster. So it's interesting to see which three are on the roster. Two of them are going to be gone. Probably lean towards Josh McCown and one of the Dave, Austin Davis or Connor Shaw. Yeah, potentially. Um, that's all I got. Uh, before we get to uh, the losers, I have to ask you a very important question for today. Cool. What's that? Have you ever been frustrated just trying to buy tickets online? All the time. Most most sites make it so complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. SeatGeek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or a concert. And I have the app on my phone. They have they show you where the seats are, what where the seats are available, if they're a good or bad price. Yeah. SeatGeek has okay. taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place, so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events, and SeatGeek will let you know if the ticket prices fall. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value, so you can immediately, immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always, and I mean always, honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek always shows you the full price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. Listeners to the show get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. To get your $20 rebate on tickets, download the free SeatGeek gap. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter promo code MOD20, that's capital M, capital O, capital D20. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code MOD20. That is capital M, capital O, capital E, capital D, 20 today. Okay, let's get to the losers, Vinay. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go first. First loser is every other running back not named Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, and Devontae Booker. I have to throw his name in there because I think he went to a terrific position, which we'll get into later. Um I just think Derrick Henry uh, didn't didn't get picked in the first round. Uh, I mean, I didn't think he was going to get picked in the first round anyway, but just kind of shows the value of the of the running back position. I think uh, the biggest uh, blow to the whole running back position uh, was Trent Richardson in 2012 when he got picked third and turned into an absolute bust, which, I mean, I'm kind of surprised by. Uh, just quickly, I mean, going into that year, going into that draft, one of his traits was vision, and there's a few vines out there that, like shows a wide open hole and Trent Richardson just runs into blockers. You've seen those. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Those are funny. Those um, are very funny. Yeah. I mean, but Derrick Henry goes to the situation in Tennessee where the Titans just traded for a running back that won the rush title two years ago and DeMarco Murray. Uh, so he's going to be the back immediately there where I thought if he went to other teams, he'd start immediately. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought uh, Ken Dixon also going to Baltimore I thought he had the potential to start on the team immediately. Uh, I think he's really underrated, and he also is going to a position where he's not going to start. Uh, 
he's playing behind Justin Forsett. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they're all picked late. So I think when you see a lot of the steals of the draft, you're going to see a lot of running backs just because they are talented. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the best running back class, but there were some talented running backs that were went the later, that went the later rounds that should have gone a couple rounds earlier, I'd say. Right. Guys like Devontae Booker, like you said, we'll get to later. And um, Daniel Lasko, Kenneth Dixon are some guys that could pop out the, uh, in my head that um, could have gone a few rounds earlier. You're yeah. right, Trent. I mean – Last year, uh, last year's draft, I thought we kind of saw the new value of the running back position. Just a lot of guys going earlier in the draft. I think Todd Gurley kind of helped that. Um, I think Melvin Melvin Gordon kind of hurt that value just because he hasn't really turned out to be that great so far. But yeah, right. we kind of saw what the true value is. I think in this draft. Here's why I think another another like secret that a lot of people haven't been talking about with this year's running back class. This is about the 2017 running backs. The class is absolutely loaded. There's, I think there's going to be potentially four uh, first-round running backs. I mean, it might not end up that way, obviously, because of how the running back position is valued. But, I mean, we're talking about Leonard Fournette, who's going to go top 10 at worst. Uh, Dalvin Cook from Florida State. Uh, Christian McCaffrey from Stanford, who a lot of NFL teams like. He just has everything you'd look for in a running back. Um, and then Nick Chubb from Georgia. Those are four running backs that could easily go in the first round. I think we'll go in the first round. Uh, I mean, we'll obviously heading into the next year's draft uh, when that time comes. But I just think right now, four running backs in the next year's draft, a lot of teams didn't necessarily see the priest in the draft. These guys in the 2016 class in the first round or even second, third round. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Next year's running back class is going to be absolutely ridiculous. And uh, I think if I could just make a bold prediction now, I think the New England Patriots are going to trade up to uh, to get Christian McCaffrey. I just don't think there's a more New England Patriots player than Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, is there, there's nothing else I really need to add on the running backs this year. Anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Uh, my first loser is Andrew Billings. This is a guy, defensive end, defensive tackle from Baylor. This is a guy that wanted the Texans to pick in the first or second round. So, I mean, that says a lot that he won the fourth round. Um, there are rumors that he might have a knee issue. There are other reports that just some teams didn't value him as much as the media did. Uh, but either way, absolute steal for the Cincinnati Bengals in the fourth round. Uh, that's why they're probably one of the winners of the draft, just because they've had a solid draft all around. They get a guy like Andrew Billings in the fourth. But, yeah, I thought he was better than the fourth-round pick. I thought he was going to get in the second or third. Uh, I thought he was going to get in the first or second. Uh, I would have been surprised to see him in the third. I'm even more surprised to see him in the fourth. Just, just a very disruptive guy. I think a lot of team. I think a lot of teams just saw him as a two-down player, which is why his stock kind of fell. Yeah, I was shocked to see him fall. Uh, obviously, he's going to be a run stopper at the next level. But I just think the guy hustles. There's uh, a lot of tape on him, just like running, even though he knows he has no chance of catching a running back down the field. He's just a great hustle guy. Um, but, I mean, the Bengals got a steal here in the fourth round. I think it's going to be a good situation for him, uh, learning from the guys in Cincinnati, uh, especially under uh, Marvin Lewis and all that. I think it's going to be – I always have been a big fan of uh, teams snatching a guy that's sliding uh, in a draft, especially when they're supposed to be a first round, first or second round pick and getting him in the fourth round. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to be ticked off. Uh, he's going to come into camp working uh, even harder than he otherwise would have. Uh, I think Andrew Billings could have a very productive, impactful rookie year. Yeah, I agree with you. It also doesn't hurt to play next to a guy named Geno Atkins. Yeah, I agree. 
I mean, that's, that just helps tremendously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing much more needed to add. I thought he was going to be go a lot higher. I was kind of, I was very surprised to see him fall, but he's he went to a place that's really going to help him a lot. It's a really solid organization. He's playing next to a guy that's one of the best defensive tackles in football. Yeah. Uh, who's your next loser? I have Eagles fans. I think uh, there should be kind of a it should be kind of a celebration when you trade up to the second overall pick. Uh, you get your quarterback that your team liked more than Goff. Uh, but I mean, a lot of Eagles fans this past weekend, especially, have been just riddled with the whole Sam Bradford thing, which we talked about last podcast about how ridiculous it is that he gets to complain about that when he's just average to below average quarterback. To be honest, calling him an average quarterback is uh, is uh, a stretch. Generous, yeah, it's kind of a stretch. He's not very good. He, I mean, we talked about his numbers last last podcast. Uh, just having to deal with the whole Sam Bradford controversy going into camp. Uh, very unfair for Eagles fans, even though I hate Eagles fans. They're very obnoxious and annoying. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's just unfortunate they're losers coming out of this draft. Yeah. Um, they didn't really have a great draft after Carson wins. Um, yeah, it's just kind of ridiculous that they have to have some controversy going into camp when they pick the number two. And there shouldn't be any controversy when you pick a, a quarterback in the top two picks. Exactly. Um, do you think Sam Bradford gets traded? Uh, I don't know if he's going to be traded. Uh, you saw Denver. Uh, was looking at trading for him. Uh, I think if the if they didn't get Paxton Lynch in this draft, I think they'd definitely be a candidate. But I, I don't ultimately don't, don't I ultimately don't see an NFL team that fits for him. Uh, that yeah. would make sense for Sam Bradford to go to. Yeah, uh, just off the top, I'd have to just look at teams. I obviously, right now, can't think of anybody off the top of my head. Uh, I just think you can't. I just think going into camp, you can't have that kind of like toxic. It, like environment going into the in your locker room at right as camp starts and you already have a backup in Chase Daniel unless you want to start Chase Daniel and you want to give Carson Wentz some time on the bench before he starts I just think yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what to do with him I mean kind of made the mistake in the first place giving him that deal I would say definitely I mean no the mistake well the mistake was even before that and the the biggest one of the biggest lose-lose trades in NFL history was the Nick Foles to Sam Bradford trade those two aren't even going to start. Well, I guess Sam Bradford's going to start, but I mean, Nick Foles has been starting for uh, the Rams, and obviously Sam Bradford's already causing a stir. Yeah, I think you can call it a lose-lose trade when you swap quarterbacks, and both of those teams trade into the top two picks to take quarterbacks. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anything else you want to add with the Eagles? That's it. Uh, my my next loser is New England Patriots. And I hate putting them in the loser category because I'm probably going to be proven wrong and they're probably going to have a great draft just because it's the New England Patriots. But didn't have a first-round pick this year. Had a pretty weak draft. They got some of their needs. I had a big issue with them not addressing getting an offensive tackle or anything along those lines. Yeah. Drafted two guards. Um, I thought Cyrus Jones was like a decent pick. I don't know how great he's going to be in the NFL. A little undersized. You're probably going to throw him in slot, and he's probably gonna have to play a lot of slot, to be honest. Um, yeah, just wasn't a big fan of what they did this draft. Yeah, I think uh, obviously people talked about if the Cowboys didn't take Jones with a thirty-four, the Patriots are gonna take him later that second round, which is that would have been a good pick for them, especially uh, for a team like the Patriots, where you're more in position to to take a risk on a guy that could potentially be one of the best linebackers in all of football, and they don't need help immediately. Um, 
I thought they kind of reached for Jacoby Brissett in the third round. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of teams taking quarterbacks, uh, especially in the draft because of the rookie contract and all that, and it's a lot way cheaper cheaper than signing a guy in free agency and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought Jacoby Brissett was a fourth or fifth round grade. Um, I mean, but if they like the guy, obviously you could take him. But I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo already being there, I think I would I would have waited till the fourth or fifth round to take quarterback. Yeah, and if you if you feel like you have to take a quarterback that early, then I think guys like Connor Cook, I would have taken Kevin Hogan over Jacoby Brissett, Jeff Triscoll, or just three guys that come into mind that probably would have gone ahead of him, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, also on top of the draft that they had, kind of. Uh, I mean, they learned that Tom Brady suspended four games last week. That's not going to help them on top of what they did this draft. No, not at all. And I think that whole thing is ridiculous, and it's getting even more ridiculous. Uh, just kind of shows the great commissioner that Roger Goodell is. Yeah, seriously. It happened a year ago, which is no need to get back into it. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of shows how I think is the worst commissioner in sports. I don't remember a commissioner quite as bad as he is. Uh, just in terms of punishment, uh, a lot of things that he does. This whole Tom Brady thing is just icing on the cake. For I mean, I'm surprised he's still the commissioner. How he hasn't been overthrown by the owners or whatnot? Because I mean, the owners are asking for Tom Brady's suspension to be reduced, which is hilarious if you think about it. Because there's four teams that uh, that obviously would benefit from Tom Brady not playing against them, but they still want the suspension to be removed. Uh, I think, honestly, Roger Goodell and whoever's really inside his inner circle, the only people, maybe the entire world, that kind of want the suspension to still be there. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm very glad to say that the Houston Texans are one of those four teams. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I mean, they, they, they addressed wide receiver, which was awesome. They got Malcolm Mitchell out of Georgia uh, in, the, um, in the fourth round. But I would have taken a guy like Leonte Carew in the third round instead of I think he was on the board when Jacoby Brissett was taken. I mean, that's just a guy, a mid-round, a mid-round guy that could have helped immediately, I think. Right, and I mean, going back to Jacoby Brissett, he didn't really produce in college. Uh, played at Florida, who was kind of a disappointment there. Then he transferred to NC State. But, I mean, he just never really added a dynamic to any football game that I watched with him. Uh, just really wasn't really productive. Uh, doesn't have great speed either. Only ran a 4 9 Um so, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I thought that if they're going to – I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of a safe guy for the future. Uh, like, you know where you're going to get out of him. I thought if they're going to take a quarterback in this draft, they would have taken someone like uh, Cardo Jones. has potential to be just uh, a really good player in multiple facets. Uh, just a dynamic player, I should say. Yeah. Uh, nothing else I need to add there. Um, who's your last one? Who's your last uh, loser? Connor Cook. Uh, last podcast, I thought he I, – I said – Boldly that I thought he would have the best uh, quarterback career of anyone besides Carson Wentz or Jared Goff. Uh, I completely backtrack on that. I think he went to a wrong fit. I thought um, he was going to go to a place where he could learn behind a veteran. Uh, and here he's going to Oakland where he's playing behind Derek Carr, who's one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, he's really not going to see an opportunity to play uh, unless Derek Carr goes down. I think the teams in the NFL – uh, sent a statement about how uh, the whole leadership thing was a big deal to them, and I think that's a big reason why he didn't go in the first three rounds of this draft. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely an issue. Uh, you're right, just not a good fit. He's not really going to get an opportunity to start anytime soon unless, like you said, Derek Carr goes down. 
you can make the case that Derek Carr is near the top 10 quarterback range already. And what was that? That was the second year last year. And Oakland's one of the brightest team has one of the brightest futures, I'd say, out of any team in the league. Just wasn't a good fit for him. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's really funny that the Raiders and Jaguars both potentially won the whole draft draft week and offseason in general. Yeah, I agree. Uh, anything else you need to add there? No, that's it. Okay. Last but not least, I think we can both agree the biggest loser, and we saved it for last because we need to talk about it. It's very important. Is Laramie Tunsil? Yep. Very unfortunate. Very unfortunate circumstances for him. Um, was might be the best player in the draft. I said last week that I think he'd be the best player. At, at, when it's all said and done, he'd be the best player in the draft. Well, video came out of him smoking a a bong with a gas mask on, which is a, a hell of a way to do it, by the way. <laughs> um, but video came out. What was it? Fifty like ten or fifteen minutes before the draft. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so he dropped. Fortunately, he didn't drop far enough to where I thought it was like outstandingly ridiculous. He dropped a 13 to the Dolphins, who one of the best winners of the draft probably, just based off that pick. I don't think they had a great draft besides that, but that was a hell of a pick there. Yeah, uh, yeah what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, just in general, for NFL teams, I thought it was ridiculous that he was falling. Uh, the Ravens said they took him off the board after they saw the video, which is absolutely ridiculous because uh, – it's taking him off the board means if he was there for some reason, second or third round or beyond that, they wouldn't have drafted him, which I think is it's just stupid, uh, to be honest with you. Because there's a lot of players in this draft that have had issues with drugs before. I mean, Joey Bosa went third. Uh, the only difference between Laramie Tunzel and Joey Bosa is that uh, Joey Bosa doesn't have a video of them of him on Twitter. Uh, just the whole timing of it was very unfortunate for Laramie. Uh Really bad for him, but I just don't understand why teams didn't, didn't really take him uh, when he was slipping, trying to trade up for him. Uh, yeah. Really, any of the teams. I, I mean, I'm I'm very surprised. I, w- I would have t- if I was a team, I would have traded up and taken him 100. percent Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think he's going to be a better tackle than Ronnie Stanley is for the Ravens. And I thought it was kind of weird that that just seems like a something that wouldn't really bother Ozzie Newsome in the Ravens organization. They're usually good with guys that had off-field concerns and kind of turn them into something on the field. Right. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think the Dolphins got a steal. I think the whole marijuana thing in the NFL is a whole different conversation that we can have for another day. But just a quick rent, just a quick like thing, I just don't think it should influence. It's, it's kind of ridiculous that kind of marijuana sets players back in this league just because they do it. I mean, it helps a lot for a lot of guys and not just recreationally. But, um, yeah. That's, I mean, I think that's all I have. Yeah. Um, before we, oh, sorry, we can just get into it now. Uh, let's do some questions, Vinay. All right. Had some questions last week. Let's do some this week. What was your favorite pick of the first round? My favorite? You mean the best pick of the first round? Yeah. But you can say that, yes. Uh, the best pick of the first round, I think, goes to the Arizona Cardinals in drafting Robert Kimdichie. Uh Probably not a better fit for him personally. Uh, just going playing with Calais Campbell. Uh, then you have that incredible secondary behind you, Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, and the boys there. Um, just like, and also playing for Bruce Arians, who's a guy that Bruce Arians has said repeatedly how Tyron Matthew is his favorite player uh, on the whole team, uh, just because of the whole story and how he's fought back from real issues. Those are real issues that he had. He couldn't play, I believe, his senior year at LSU because of the drug issues. And obviously, 
Kim Dietschy fell in this draft. He otherwise probably would have been a top 15 pick without these off-the-field issues. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I think he's going to be an incredible uh, pro for a long time in this league. Just an impactful defensive line uh, lineman, which uh, which won Super Bowls and Cardinals put themselves in position to potentially make a run in the playoffs with this pick. Yeah, um, kind of might not be a better place for him to go. Just one of the deepest rosters. He's. I don't think there's a guy that you could say would be a better mentor for him than Tyron Matthew would be. Right. Just kind of going through a lot of the, uh, similar experiences. It was, it was a hell of a pick, and I mean, it was it was a right team. There, there are a few teams that would have been perfect for him. Arizona was one of them. Seattle was another one. Denver probably would have worked really well. And yeah, I mean, just a great pick. Yeah. Uh, mine. I'm gonna go Laramie Tunzel. Like we said, I think he's the best tackle. When it's all said and done, I think he can be the best player out of this draft. And uh, Brandon Albert's got getting kind of getting a little up there with age. You can slide Laramie Tunzel into right tackle right away. He'll help you out. He can eventually move to left tackle and be an all-pro of the future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, is, you think it's interesting that they're playing him at guard? They're playing to use him at guard right now? No, I don't. I mean, if I, they're, I mean, they're comfortable at right tackle now, so I don't mind it at all. You just need to get him on the football field right away. That's true, yeah. I thought they'd play him at one of the tackle spots or something like that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to put him in guard. Just make sure if you're comfortable. I think they should be comfortable at left tackle with Brendan Albert. But if you're comfortable at right tackle, then, yeah, put him at guard. Get him on the field right away. Yeah. Uh, what was what was your least favorite pick or the worst pick of the first round? Eli Apple to the New York Giants. Uh, obviously, I don't like the Giants because they're in the NFC East and all of that. But I thought they had an opportunity here to get Brendan Hargraves uh, from Florida, who I thought was the best corner in this draft out of the Joe and Ramsey. Um, he might even be a better corner than Jalen Ramsey, though, just because Jalen Ramsey's best position is safety. He might not necessarily ever be the lockdown corner that people think he's going to be. So I thought Vernon Hargraves was the safest pick here. Uh, you know where you're going to get. He's a shutdown corner. He was last year. He's a lot like Joe Hayden, who also came out of Florida, interestingly. Uh, just a guy that that whole field is going to be shut down. And I thought the Giants had a, had a good shot here to draft the right guy, and they drafted Eli Apple, who I've never been a big fan of. I thought he should have gone uh, late teens, early 20s, and to draft him at 10 I thought was a little ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I I understand why they went just with a, a lengthier guy over Hargreaves, just obviously because they wanted more length at the corner position. But if I'm being honest, I would have taken William Jackson over Eli Apple if you're going that direction. Yeah. Um. And there, there are just a, there are other needs that they needed to go for that I don't think they addressed. I think Taylor Decker would have been an option at number ten. Laramie Tunzel, even I mean, if you're if I was the Giants, I would have taken Laramie Tunzel easily. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, I just I agree with you. I don't think it was that great of a pick. I thought there are other ways to go, better ways to go in the draft. Yeah. Uh, my my choice is uh, Will Fuller to my Houston Texans. Okay, interesting. Yeah, trade it up. A spot gave up a six rounder to get to to pick what I think was the worst of the top four wide receivers in this draft, which includes Fuller, Doxon, Treadwell, and um, Corey Coleman. Right. Uh, I get spe- I get that the offense needed speed. They addressed that later in the draft, which I think they could have done anyway, and still taken someone like Josh Doxon earlier, and it would have worked perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, just major hand issues. He he catches with his chest a lot. He has dropped the ball a good amount of time, so I just don't think he was that great of a pick. All right, I think this is one of those guys that will be a vertical guy and won't necessarily turn into the great uh, route runner 
which I don't think that's a good thing at all. I think there's a lot of Cordero Patterson when I, when I watch him play, which is good for you. Um, yeah, I didn't like that pick either, especially when he was the first receiver taken when I thought he was the fourth best receiver at best. Well, Corey Coleman was taken before him, but like at that range. Sorry, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, my yeah. bad. I like and, that range with the three remaining wideouts. I was surprised to see he was taken before Doxon and Treadwell. Yeah. And, I mean, I tweeted it when the pick was taken. His talent's better than speed any day of the week. Like, take that any day of the week because it's going to work right. out better for you in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Um, Who do you think's the biggest boomer bust guy? Uh, probably Jalen Smith, second round of the Cowboys at pick 34. Uh. I wasn't watching the draft after that moment. I was coming back from dinner. I looked on my phone and I saw Jalen Smith and I was like, what are we doing? Because uh, I thought he was going to be drafted fourth, five, sixth round. Uh, more I've looked at his film, I thought, and then the more I looked into it with the Cowboys uh, doctor being the guy that was a lead surgeon for Jalen Smith's knee injury, which if you don't know about, he was hurt in the Fiesta Bowl, his last game of his college career. People thought he was going to be a top five pick before that. Uh, so, I mean, it was just really unfortunate for him. It was a dirty hit, which you talked about. Um, From Taylor Decker. Yeah, really unfortunate uh, circumstance for him. The kid obviously has a great head on his shoulders. Just a great character guy. Uh, he's not going to play this year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he ever gets back to that level. Um, but I think this is the biggest boomer bust, where if he's healthy, he has the potential to be one of the best linebackers in all of football. Uh, if he was healthy, no knee injury, there is a strong possibility the Cowboys would have taken him over Ezekiel Elliott. Number four, yeah. Yeah. So I think he's the biggest boomer bust. Definitely agree with you. Um, I thought there were bigger needs for the Cowboys to take. I get why they took him just with a boomer bust. And I think they're one of the, I think they're a team that could afford to do it. I think they're going to be good regardless with him or he's probably not going to be on the field. So I I still think they're going to be good next year. So I think they're one of the teams that could have afforded to make the pick, but I still think they're pick, there are guys that they could have taken that would help more right away. Right. Um, my, I'm going to go with mine. Keanu Neal taken by the Falcons. I believe it was 17 overall. If I got that right, I believe it's 17. Uh, safety out of Florida, uh, I don't necessarily think he was a first-round guy. I think there are a lot of other ways that they could have gone there. I think there are just a lot of ways they could have gone. I would have taken a corner before taking Keanu Neal. Um, I would have taken offensive line help probably. I would have gone for Carl. La- I would have gone for Carl Lawson if I were them probably. Just needed DN desperately. Sad. You keep doing Carl Lawson. I don't know why I keep saying Carl Lawson. Yeah. I'm I mean, Carl Lawson is going to be a name we're going to be saying exactly 365 days a lot because he's going to be that good. Uh, yeah, you're so. right. I just keep saying it's Shaq Lawson. I know it's Shaq Lawson. Don't worry about that. I know it's Shaq Lawson. I just keep – I don't know why. But, yeah, should have gone Shaq Lawson. I would have gone Shaq Lawson there. Kevin Dodd's another guy that fell that you could have taken there. There are just enough – there are better ways to go with that pick. Yeah. I wasn't as high on Kevin Dodd as you. Uh I, th- I wanted the Cowboys to take him at 34. I think they would have taken him at 34 if he was there. But uh, I think Kevin Dodd was just really, really safe. And I think the Falcons, especially the position they're in, where they're not necessarily a Super Bowl contender here and they want to get a star in the first round potentially, I think they that's why they want Keanu Newell. I mean, you nailed the biggest boomer bust. I mean, really big, boom, big boomer bust potential there. Uh, he could easily bust, but he could easily be one of the best, uh, one of the best at his position in the NFL for a while. Yeah, uh, that's all I have there. Uh, who would you say is the best pick in day two? Uh, Miles Jack. I talked about how the Jaguars were, I, th- I think they're the biggest winner of any NFL team for sure. Uh, this is a guy that was top five on many draft boards and the whole, he really hurt himself with the with his own 
words when he said someone asked him about your knee about his knee and he said uh it's fine right now but there's potential for a micro micro fracture surgery later down the road which i mean you don't say you just don't say uh we've micro fracture surgery is kind of a scary word for some and uh just sports in general amari stoudemire who just in basketball was one of the best centers in all of basketball had micro fracture surgery was never really the same after that just one of the scary things that you don't want to hear uh, in any sport. Yeah. So, but I mean, if if healthy and the Jaguars don't think he'll need surgery later on, which is why they draft him that high in the second round, uh, I think he's going to be an incredible, immediate, uh, impactful rookie this year, and he'll be really uh, important for the Jaguars. Yeah, I'm with you there. It was a great pick. Uh, I went Reggie Ragland. Touched on it earlier, going in Bills defense, and I mean. Not many better defensive coaches than Rex Ryan for him. He's just a thumper who's going to help right away for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And I was surprised to see him fall that far in the second round. Yeah. Um, what was the, who, What do you think was the worst pick in day two? Uh, probably Roberto Aguayo, uh, kicker from Florida State. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if he turns into the best kicker of all time, this is still a bad pick. Uh, I don't, I, you can never justify drafting a kicker second round. Uh I don't know who else would have done this in the whole NFL, which is another reason why I don't understand why. They also traded up for him, which is hilarious to me. Uh, just I don't understand why you draft a kicker before, at best, like fifth round. And probably sixth or second. I was huh? going to say, you don't think Oakland regretted taking Sebastian Janikowski in the first round? What, what, what overall was he again? I believe 16. Jeez. Oh, man. What are the teams doing? But, I mean, Roberto Aguayo had a great college career. Uh, someone hilariously uh, compared him to Matt Stover, which is hilarious when you think about Matt Stover being a second-round pick. <laughs> uh, I mean, Roberto Aguayo could be the best pick in the NFL. This is still an awful pick. This is the worst day-two pick by far, I think. Yeah. Uh, don't blame me on that. Um, sorry, I'm and just trying For the to rest of his career, just quickly, for the rest of his career, he's going to be known as a second-round guy. And you miss a kick, and, I mean – Biggest thing for kickers is is a uh, is a uh, is confidence, and even in college he wasn't even in, he was really good, but he was inconsistent from forty yards, which is probably the most average range for any NFL kicker. So drafting him second round, wow. Yeah, um, I just wanted to correct my thing. Uh, so Ashton Janikowski is picked seventeenth overall in the two thousand NFL draft. Yeah. If you're wow. curious to know who was picked two picks after him, it'd be Sean Alexander. Wow. Former, he won the MVP in 07, right? Yes, and he was on the cover of Madden 07, and his career was never the same after that. Yes, it was. You are correct about that. <laughs> uh, my worst pick in day two, Christian Hackenberg. Uh, I think you and I both agree we're not that high on Christian Hackenberg. Nope. Just a lot of accuracy issues. I think the only reason why he could be good was... He was he he played really well in an NFL offense his freshman year, and then uh, they bring in James Franklin, and the the offense was absolutely terrible for him. Couldn't have yeah. picked a worse fit offense for him. Yeah, I think uh, Bill O'Brien was really big for him. Uh, I've never I still wasn't big on him. He couldn't throw a bubble screen the last two years, which is hilarious. Uh, I mean, it's just a basic throw, not just an NFL throw. It's a college throw because you see a lot of bubble screens, and they couldn't get that. I mean, even when it was completed, it was at the feet or high. Just throws out for them for whoever is catching the football. Because uh, that's basically an extended handoff, and he couldn't complete that, which I thought was really troubling. 
Yeah, that's an issue. Accuracy is definitely his biggest issue. Um, what do you think was the best pick in day three? Uh, I'm going Devontae Booker, running back out of Utah, who went to Denver. I think he fell a little bit because of his knee. His knee, uh, but I think he's going to be just fine. And I think going to Denver, where they've had a lot of success uh, with the Broncos and drafting these late guys, um, he's obviously going to a situation where he's not going to be the starting guy, uh, but he potentially is the best running back on the roster right now. I think he's that good. Yeah. Um, the C.J. Anderson deal isn't looking that great right now. No, not at all. Yeah, I, 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 won't be sur- I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Booker took that starting role. I think C.J. Anderson's a really good running back, but there have been comparisons for uh, Devontae Booker calling him the uh, uh, a faster Arian Foster, which, I mean, if you're putting that in a Gary Kubiak offense, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I think uh, just fantasy football fans out there, I think if uh, this guy's out there, uh, late in the draft, I would definitely pick him up, and he might go earlier than that. Yeah, he's gonna—he's a guy that you'd want on your team and potentially start uh, for you. Yeah, I mean that—that that was when we were talking about it before the draft. When we were time not before the draft, when we were talking about it before we were recording this, when we were re- like uh, thinking guys for this, and you said Devontae Booker right before I did. I was very disappointed because I wanted to use him. Yeah, it was a great pick. I was surprised to see him fall in the fourth round. I think a lot of teams could have used him. I think he's going to be great at the next level. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my best day three pick is we talked about it earlier, Andrew Billings. Uh, don't think I need to cover it more. Just Andrew Billings. Yeah. Uh, who do you think was the best dressed? And I have to ask this because I want you to talk about your answer. Uh, I mean, does this even need to be asked, Cole? Like, who am I going to say? Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, easily. He's. I mean, I love. I love the dude in college, and the fact that he's coming to my favorite football team is just awesome to me. Uh, obviously, he made uh, quite a stir and on Twitter with the whole crop top thing. Uh, a lot of people ripped him for it. So, did you see the uh, the picture of the Jordan crying face with Tim as, as, and the crop top? Really? Yeah, that I was that seen was it. Fun. Yeah, that was funny. But I mean, I just thought I just love the whole statement. This is like who I am. He also made, basically made a statement to the NCA about how they banned the crop top uh, after his great playoff run. So, I mean, I'm going to go Ezekiel Elliott. And just besides that, just the suit was on point, the whole blue and white. Uh, he, he knew where he wanted to go. Yeah, I really like that, the blue. Um, question, is it is it illegal to wear crop top in NFL? I believe so. That's unfortunate. You think he's yeah, willing to pay I, a fine every week to do it? No, because I think the running back coach, Gary Brown, said that uh, that's one of those things we are not allowing. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be unfortunate not to see anymore. <laughs> uh, best dress I went with Jared Goff he just he he looked like a uh, he looked like a superstar in his suit the other night he just looked like he was built for LA he just looked like a star in the making he's just a clean just a nice clean suit yeah you know what he walked up to right what you know what song he walked up to when he got picked <sighs> what did he walk up to I know the answer I'm just gonna be really upset when you say it California love yeah I knew that is there just not a poor perfect just his whole suit the whole purple yeah, everything. he's built for Los Angeles to say the least. Yeah, California could too. And went to Cal, obviously, uh, when he could have gone really anywhere. Just had, that's how good he was coming out of high school. And he picked Cal. Uh, obviously, he likes the state of California. Yeah, if you're if you're literally just looking at who should be a Los Angeles guy and who's a Philadelphia guy, just based on their dressing, Jared Goff's an LA guy and Carson Wentz is a Philadelphia guy, no doubt. Yeah. My apologies, I did not mean to say purple. I meant to say the yellow on his tie. It kind of uh, meshed with the Rams logo. That's what I meant to say, not purple. Oh, all right. 
Um, these are going to be our last uh, two more questions. So, NFL, who do you think are the offensive and defensive rookie of the years this year? So, offensive rookie of the year, I'm going Ezekiel Elliott uh, for the reasons I touched on before. Uh, playing behind the best offensive line of football with Romo does. He's going to get a lot of carries and he's going to get a lot of opportunities to uh, catch out of the backfield. I also think voters in the NFL value the multi-dimension. They also value blocking, I should say. Uh, Zach Martin and Travis Frederick, uh, both linemen, were picked in the top five the last few uh, Rookie of the Year ballots. So I think just his overall game is going to be valuable to the NFL voters. I think he's going to win offense Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I went to Ezekiel Elliott also. No need to mention it. Uh, what do you think the over-under is for rushing yards for next year? Ooh, uh, I have no idea because they have, they have four, I think, capable running backs that should be on NFL rosters. And, and Ezekiel Elliott, Darren McFadden, Alfred Morris, and Lance Dunbar, which a lot of people haven't really talked about. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if he gets a lot of carries even to begin this year. Uh, I still think he's going to win off with rookie of the year, but uh, I don't know exactly – rushing yards what he's going to get i think he has some potential. i think he's going to finish top two or three in uh all-purpose for yards in the entire nfl all right that's fair um who's your defensive rookie there i'm going joey bosa uh san diego i like the pick a lot uh some people think they've reached but i think joey bosa is a really safe pick i think he, uh not only safe though but he's just a good football player he does a lot uh a lot of people i think kind of flew under the radar uh Especially if he came out after junior year, there's a potential that he would have gone three uh, after the quarterbacks uh, the year before. Um, people thought that Chargers reached this year, they could have gone Jalen Ramsey. Uh, but I think Jalen Ramsey is a little bit risky in terms of if he could easily bust. Uh, I don't think Joey Bosa, I don't think there's a chance that he could bust. Obviously, things happen, but uh, I just think he's really safe. He could be plugged into any NFL defense right now and be impactful immediately. Yeah, good pick. I'm going to go Carl Joseph, uh, Oakland Raiders. Um, I don't think there there's not many knee concerns anymore. I believe so. I think he's going to come into camp healthy, come into the season healthy. I think he's just going to be very impactful for the Raiders defense this year. Yeah, I think he's going to be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's your favorite pick of the entire draft? I mean, you know who I'm going to say. He's the answer to my last two questions. Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, I my favorite player in college. Uh, I've said it before. Coming to my favorite football team, uh, I really think he's going to be. Uh, He's going to be awesome in this league for a long time. Uh, my mom bought a jersey the day after the draft, which was awesome, too. So, going Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, and you knew before the draft, if they drafted the Ezekiel Elliott, you were getting that jersey immediately? Yep, I did. And you got it in white? Yes, sir. Good. I'm not getting it in navy. Okay, good. Um, yeah, my favorite pick. Uh, I'll just use, I just want to use my team just because I like to talk about them. I'm going to go Braxton Miller. Okay. Uh, just a good speed guy, just a pure athlete. Only played one year at wide receiver. I think he's going to be make the offense very dynamic. I'm excited to see some wildcat um, format, uh, wildcat packages with him at the quarterback position with the ability to throw. I think it's going to be awesome to watch. Yeah, that'll be very fun offense to watch uh, for good or for bad, and I think it's going to be for good. I think it'll be dynamic. Yeah, it's going to be very dynamic. Uh, I think that's everything, Vinay. All right. All right. Uh, Justin's going to be on the next episode. I'm excited to have yeah. him back. I like hearing his jokes. Talk some hoops. Talk some hoops. Adios. All right. See you later.